What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Well, Jack, congratulations. Thank you. Are in order. It's a girl. It's a girl. And we always knew that I would have a daughter. I mean. Well, it couldn't have been any other way. No. No. What would you have done with a with a young man? Um, thrown him into the river. <laughs> <laughs> it's a girl, yeah, and um, and it was shocking for you. Was it shocking it was for you? Totally. I I got a text from Jeremy. He said we're naming her Nomi, and I said, "You're this is a joke. This is all a joke." That's and it's- all he wrote you was, "We're naming her Nomi." That's all he sent you. Yes, with a photo. Okay, but he did send you a photo of her. Yes. Uh-huh. And I said, I don't believe it. I <laughs> I said, I this is some practical joke. I'm not sure I'm not sure if it's almost <laughs> April Fool's Day. I looked at the calendar. It was really only February, quite frankly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um and then there it was. It was real. It was real life because now it's come to fruition. Quite quickly. Yeah, it, it really happened quite quickly that we got Nomi, our, our little, um, uh, she's four years old. Wow. Uh, she was rescued from, she's a, a Korean meat market rescue who then seems like there was uh, a lot of running away running around, eventually ending up in a shelter. Um, let see, she comes from the largest shelter uh, there. Is, it's about a 1,000 dogs. Wow. She is quite small. She's 13 pounds. And so, uh, and they let us know, I mean, on the in the description of her. Well, let me not just, you know, I've buried the lead here, but um, <laughs> Jeremy turned to me. I don't even know what week it is anymore. I'm so, as if time wasn't so liminal already. Um, He turned to me, I think, at the last week. Yes, it was. It was like last Thursday. And he said, look at this dog. Wait, this this is now, this is one week ago exactly. One week ago exactly. Exactly one week ago. Wow. And he was like... Look at this dog. And I said, that is the saddest dog I've ever seen. I want that dog. Because she, she, indeed she looked like the saddest dog I've ever seen. <laughs> and it said that she was really anxious, afraid, and sad, uh, and loves to look at herself in the mirror. And I thought, well, wow, I can work with this. I'm very curious about the situation where she had access to a mirror at this giant shelter. You know what I mean? I don't, well, I don't know if that was, if this was also, so I guess she was with, she arrived to the States uh, a little over two weeks ago and had been with a foster. Where? uh, Somewhere in either Brooklyn, Manhattan, you know, somewhere in in New York City. Oh, so she's been with a foster for a couple weeks. So we found out yesterday when we picked her up that she was, I thought she'd been with a foster for a week. And then we were told, no, she's been with a foster for two. Um, and I was like, okay, so that's where this knowledge of her liking to look at herself in the mirror comes from. And right, 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 right. What right. have you. So, so the foster kind of knew something about her. The foster had, 
The foster knew, but the woman who we picked her up from yesterday seemed to know the most. Because when we, you know, we went to apply, we had a, the, the process was, I was in at least two, two hour Zooms. Um, uh, I needed to have like two letters of rec. Uh, from, from who? Why didn't I get to write one? Uh, it, because we went with friends of ours who have animals. Oh, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and- Hi, I, wait, Ooh, I dropped a headphone. Um, I would have written, um, my friends have gorgeous plants that they keep lights on in the night. They're going to do great with a doge. <laughs> tea, tea. You'd be like, there are, one of them is really great at keeping plants alive and one of them runs an immaculate house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they will be, the dog will be placed really into, into Lux vibes. So, um, and then it, it became, we got, so we had our interview Friday. Okay, so I guess we applied Thursday. We had our interview Friday. On Saturday, we got the call. That, oh, you got approved. That we were approved. Whoa. And, um, immediately, Jeremy and I started to, you have to show that you have all of this stuff before they'll let you have the dog. So that you have, to, you're going to have the crate. You're going to have, this place is very like, they need this specific raw dynamic diet and uh, or this other diet that this woman makes, um, like in small batches. I honestly don't understand this program. Quite frankly, I don't understand that they're basically like taking dogs that were meant to be meat, and then they're like absolutely assuring that the people taking care of these dogs are treating are spending thousands of dollars on these dogs that should be dead. Well, so they're. Well, I mean, what, so for me, (laughs) why I understand uh, a process of trying as best as possible, both through diet, behavior, et cetera, uh, it's about reducing um, a lot of external stressors in a very stressful city, New York's stressful, just period, no matter what part of it you're in. Uh, so that you can work on rehabbing the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very much in the in a rehab process, or if we even think of a recovery process for a human being, uh, diet can affect hormone, mood, anxiety, all of that. Uh, if you, The more regular and habituated your lifestyle may be, the, the more your mind is able to regain a sense of focus and calm. And so this is a survivor dog, and it's... And I, you know, when, when we interviewed with them and they were talking about her trauma and they said, you know, we're talking with us and we're like, how does this make you feel? And we were both like, well, I was like, I've been in therapy for over 18 years and Jeremy's been in it for like five. So I, I, I think we're good here. I also, I also too like to just take some raw meat and pour it onto a bowl with some steaming water on it. Um, <laughs> um, so I also, I mean, the food that she's getting very much is hot mush with some doggy CBD oil in it. Um, uh, it's about, at the same time, I um, really don't want her to become more neurotic. So I think we've, we're, we've really... 
I feel I've had more exercise in the last 24 hours than I have since the start of COVID. <laughs> what, just because walking around? Because I am, I walk this, by the end of the day, I've, I've at least walked three miles. That's, that's not a lot, but that's good. That's okay, good well, walking. so for me, <laughs> that's, I mean, look, at, COVID really did steer me into my Joan Didion life where I was like, I'm in, I'm writing, I'm thin. Like, <laughs> that's, that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it's felt, that's felt good, I guess. But it's also this thing of, I, I want her to be, around, to be around sounds or, you know, I really need to, um, what day is today? Thursday? You know, tomorrow I really got it. When RuPaul's Drag Race is on, I'm going to have it on loud, like, she needs to be exposed to drag queens. We're obviously going to really, show. yeah. She needs. I need to get her exposed to her. You know the no, movie. No, but you're you're going to be. You think loud noises are going to be? That's a good idea right now. So not. I mean, outside. This is so. This was the training we got yesterday. Like, if you're not that loud, I'm not going to like turn the volume up to a hundred. I'm going to listen to RuPaul. I'm going to have RuPaul's Drag Race on at the level I would watch it on. But last night when we got in, I put on, you know, I also have like a doggy chill music mix. I mean, of course, it's, I'm doing all of the things. We we would assume that I would do all the things, except there's, as you know, you know this already. We got a sheet that was like, I'm going to read people the, the opening please, rule. Please, please read the first rule. It is absolutely unbelievable. Because you really, it really did um, surprise you. I couldn't um, believe it. Uh one, three days, no affection, talking, touching, direct eye contact, hovering, or invading the dog's personal space. Upon meeting your dog, show no emotion. Do not <laughs> stare at your dog. Do not pet your dog. Um, oh, my God. So, and I did think, okay, whoa, wait a second. And then I thought about it, and I was like, this is, when you work with, let's say, uh, let's bring it back to people. Um, when you work with someone psychotic or let's say they're not psychotic, but are high neurotic, um, you don't sit. High Laronic. You don't sit. (laughs) Well, you and I are definitely slathering our faces in high Laronic, um, for the high neurotic lifestyles we may have led. Um, you don't sit directly in front of them and you never block a door. So you always stay at an angle and, I mean, that makes total sense. Every, they want to, they're feeling in fight, flight, fright. Um, and so you want to have them know that they have space. You're not going to be helicopter, you know, in terms of this dog, I'm not going to be helicopter parenting. Um, so when we went to pick up the dog yesterday, she looked so sad and so afraid. <laughs> and Jeremy and I sat down and we're so immediately in love with her. And we she both, was living. She was living up to her description. Uh huh. And we had to. I had to like look fully away from her and look way up at a corner and just like try to get the tears to run back into my head because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, this is all these feelings that I've heard for years and years of people with pets, and I was like, oof, I don't know if I want to get one. Um, I was like, well, here those feelings come. Um, and then the woman said to us, who we were picking the dog up, she was so amazing. She said, so with a dog like this, I know you received the thing that said three days. With this dog, give it seven. Wow. And she's like, and let her come to you, but don't, 
don't reach at her. Like, don't, like, don't try to touch her. Like, just really let, she's going to warm up to you because she's going to understand that you have boundaries. You're giving her food. You're taking her on walks. You're giving her a nice place to stay. I mean, the way that Jeremy has decked out this crate is, I mean, I would sleep in it. It's really, it's like, you know, a perfect pillow top with like the perfect uh, spa towel (laughs) with like the perfect like wool blanket over it. No, but the most urgent question of all for me Mm. is that, you know, I I realize that it's taking, it's going to take some time until Mm -hmm. you're allowed to show affection and receive affection from this Mm -hmm. dog. But Mm -hmm. how quickly is Nomi going to be nice to me? Is the question like, is that going to take years? Is this because I won't be seeing her on a daily basis? Well, so on that, I, if it's 30 days of the dog, not meeting anyone else. So So it's good. You're going to Australia. Right. Um, I'll be gone. I'll be gone for more than that. So it's great. Yeah. So, but it's 30 days of, of no meeting with other people and no meeting with other dogs. No me. No me. And, um, no me. Ting. No meeting. And uh, I I get it. I fully get ev- – I totally understand this program. I'm actually I, – I really, from a recovery survivor standpoint, understand this program. And I can understand for other people where it would sound really extreme. But this is it's, – it's a dog that's come from high trauma. And she clearly exhibits behaviorally that she has. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she is such a good walker. She really is such a good walker. She keeps up. I mean, I walk at a pretty like, um, uh, I, I walk at a clip of that. I'm either a model or I'm being chased. You're pretty and, fast. And she loves that clip. So she definitely you're, you're is. A, as, you're as fast as me. And I've had lots yeah. of complaints. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely fast, fast, fast. Um, well, and, Jack, this is incredible. It's like, it's like those commercials hair club for men. And you're like, I'm not only the president. I'm a client. <laughs> well, I did think upon, there's some stuff in it. I'm not, I, I don't live for the treats they suggested. I think the treats are not great, especially for where she's coming from. I think I need to find her something that's a little more savory and a little more enticing that like actually is a treat. Mm. Um, I bet she'd love a little carrot shaving like that. Oh, that's a good idea. Still a keeping sweet. it in the, keeping it in the raw world. Right. Yeah, sweet vegetables. I think dogs dogs might like. This is uh, literally dehydrated, like chicken skin, and I'm like, I'm a, this. I'm doesn't... also literally a person who doesn't know anything about well, dogs. <laughs> well, I mean, I grew up with a dog, so that part feels. It's that also that body memory of that I had this dog I loved so much while I was growing up and was so isolated and being bullied and then I would have this dog that I would come home to and take care who, of and who, who love. was this dog who was this dog um she was a sheltie I'm not gonna say her name because oh I think God. it's like a security word <laughs> on some of my okay. on some of my accounts um but I loved, crazy I loved her so much um, and she was a little shelty. And when I was in the second grade, my mom was like, could you take care of a dog? And I was like, yes. And we went to a farm where there was a woman who had dogs and she was one inch. And the woman was like, because they were babies. And the woman was like, she, that dog's probably not going to make it. <laughs> I remember this as clear as day. And I was like, mom, that's the dog I want. 
And you're like I, that one, the dead one. I need it. I was like the the runt, and she was so fi- she she really became like such a feisty, fierce queen. I loved her so much. Um, so this dog, and as I texted you yesterday, I'm really glad that I have taught viewpoints for over a decade because it's just kinetic awareness. Like I truly, when I'm walking her on the leash, I feel it feels so clear how to guide her how to do tension release with her, how to, like when you're also, if I'm by her and I need to switch her leash leash from outdoor leash to house leash, you want to sit to the side of her, not facing her and feel with your hands, not look. And oh, that's really easy for me. So um, (laughs) she she has a really extreme periphery and I have really extreme periphery. And we both, I think, know where each other is right now. I will say I did not sleep at all last night because anytime she moved, my eyes would open. <laughs> oh no. So she would just move in the crate. Like at three 30, I got up cause she was up. I could hear her up in the crate and I got up and I was like, all right, I think we should take her for a walk. And Jeremy was like, it's three 30 Jack. Whoa. We cannot train this dog that we are going to like, take her on a walk no. whenever she wants no sounds like you'll be setting yourself up for you know what for some real mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. al-anon meetings about your dumb dog <laughs> tea honey and i need to avoid that absolutely um so we we took her out at seven um and she's eating well which makes me really happy she loves her food um oh. i want to get her better treats we have definitely Certainly- Paying a pretty penny for that delicious food and goat's milk. Oh, my God. Raw goat's milk. I mean, the things that we needed to, like, have receipts for um, before we got this dog. Um, this collar that tracks her that now, of course, doesn't work when Jeremy went to go look at it. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure, like, the day after you pick up the dog and you've proved you've done all this stuff, they're like, erase her from the system. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. They're Amazing. like, good riddance, yet another scared dog out of our hands. <laughs> They're like, isn't it funny how we've tricked all these like bourgeois gays in Brooklyn into spending all this money? <laughs> Work. I love it. Um, oh, that's such a good, ah, that's such a good movie. Oh, God. They're all just like sitting in an office laughing, 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 running an emery board across their, the front of their nails. Um, totally. I, I want to do that movie. Uh, the pet store up on West Street by the river um, is literally, as, as Jeremy said, when we were walking back into it yesterday for like the third time, maybe that morning, <laughs> it oh was God. like... Oh, well, here we are at our other apartment. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, what's to say? I I love her. She's so funny. She's so smart. Um, she's so neurotic and so sad. <laughs> and I deeply relate. <laughs> and um, I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really into it. I'm really Incredible. into it. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy there's a dog in the family. We need a dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dog. you have a niece now. Oh, you're fi- you, you finally I- have a niece. And, you know, I am I can't wait to show her showgirls. I mean, it was clear when Jeremy was like, what should we name her? And my first thought was Judy because I 
she no. I was like, well, she looks like Judy Garland. And then Yeah, that's true. And she's really looks just like tragic and freaked out, but like fierce and incredible. And I was like, I was like, oh, well, her name's Nomi because she's from different places. And Oh yeah. And she that's it. It's really she's she's Nomi. She is from different places. She's definitely but let me tell you what, she I I can't I don't think I've ever seen a dog take all four of its legs off the ground at the same time all in like one <laughs> spring besides a chihuahua and she's not she's a terrier. So she can pull her whole body weight up off of the ground and somehow like wrap herself around my legs with the leash all at the same time. That's if a garbage truck comes etc. I'm so scary yesterday and what we're told to do and this makes total sense something loud's coming just stop stop let it happen have her see that like you're totally fine and then you keep going you're like um, we're we're fine are you oh totally <laughs> you little well, also, bitch also the way i walk outside <laughs> is truly like i'll just i'll push i'll push anybody so is she definitely has a sense that she's okay <laughs> Because I'm truly walking with a sense of like, there are these motorcyclists, there's these motorcyclists, like these guys who've like hopped up their bikes and were like driving their bikes up and down like the transmitter park last night. It really makes me sick. Like going up and down the stairs and like racing their bikes around this play area for children. No, no, no. On grass. And it was really loud and I just... I was, I gave them this look, like, just come for me. I'll, like, fly into the air and, like, rip all of your heads off somehow. And I'll, like, Jean Grey you all. Um, Dark Phoenix, rather. And I think my dog sensed that and she felt good. She felt protected. Ugh, I love this weird psychic relationship you're already forming with Nomi. And I'm so glad that our podcast now has a new direction. Which is it's, talking about Jack's dog. <laughs> it's really, the, he's really, oh, and what I saw after that, though, which I loved, is I really gave, like, some heavy metal glare and, like, fuck you to these people. And was just like, There's, fuck these fucks. And I got, like, really, like, loud and huffy about it. And we, like, walk away. And then this big dog was out and, like, came towards her. And she, like, first looked scared. And then she, like, lunged at it like she'd eat its face off. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's right, girl. That's right. Don't be well, afraid. Jack, I want to, I just want to like, I'm going to encourage you to not make too much of, of anything she does. Because after all, she is a dog. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, <laughs> She's literally the extension of my soul that I finally found. <laughs> I'd always felt that part of my soul was missing. And, and I found it. And now you found her. Thank God. She was in Korea waiting for you. Uh-huh. uh-huh. In a meat factory. Uh-huh. And she's. I mean, and when I said to you when we were applying for her in the beginning, in our first interview, I said, you know, can you tell me where I fall on the list with this dog? And she was like, oh, oh, you're high up because people always want puppies. And this dog is four years old and she's really afraid and sad. And oh, was she like, was like, okay. oh, well, you're high up because uh, we really need to get rid of these dogs. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, she did say that. I'm drinking your 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 juice, by the way. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Um, she really did say that at the beginning of uh, Quar. She was like, "There's no way you could have gotten a dog for the first three months of Quar." 
Wow. So there's millions of these sad dogs running around New York City now. Oh, so many. Well, and at, you know, my second apartment, this pet store, the woman was like, where are you getting your dog from? And I said, where? And she's like, oh, that, she's like, that is literally everyone who comes in here. That's where they've gotten their dog. <laughs> oh. oh my God. Well, I hope you see a lot of her sister's walking around New York and they have a moment and they're like, my ears are black too. Her ears are black. She is this little 13 pound terrier. Um, and, uh, she, she has come to me and like, I'll just lay on the couch or something and let my hand be down there and she'll walk over and like nudge into my hand a little bit and then walk away. Interesting. So I think she's, what was the um, process of getting her out of the crate this morning? How'd that go? Totally fine. She needed to go to the bathroom so bad. She didn't even make it down the stairs. She peed inside. She didn't pee. She had she, like a full like diarrhea, cha-cha-cha. No, no, no. Well, I mean, she's super anxious. And I am like, this dog was literally eating was definitely not eating some raw dynamic like let's change your GI track diet. <laughs> like But she she didn't do a pee pee poo poo in her crate. She nope. she did she tried her best. She was very good at holding it. And then we when we got to, you know, we're two flights up, so when we got into the hallway, <laughs> we got to the landing of our neighbors is when she let go. But my question is do you do you For have poo, to but she didn't pee. Do you scold her in that situation? No. No, I'm not going to scold her at that. At that, There's no scolding. Well, we, here's the thing. I have my first training today. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm, I'll be meeting with a trainer at least once a week. Um, and I Sir, do that today. So crazy. Well, uh, it's, it's also a thing of I don't want a dog that's going to have separation anxiety. I have seen that over and over and over again in New York City. And I need a dog that I can, even yesterday we, when we got her, you know, took her on a huge walk, got her in, got her her food. We were inside. We let her, I let her walk around the apartment. I introduced her to each room, which was incredible. I, w- I like went in the office and stood to the side and I said, this is the office. And she walked in, <laughs> looked around, oh my God. walked out. Um, and then once we had her in the crate, cause we're doing crate training, um, I was like, well, let's go for a run. Let's not have her feel like we're always just going to be in the apartment and she always needs to be here. So let's go for like a little 20 minute run and get some groceries. And I'm not doing, I can't have a separation anxiety dog. It doesn't, it's not my thing. So I'm all for. I don't like obsequious dogs either. So that's good. Um, Wow. We've talked for a long time already about that. But. There is the news. I once saw, and you're the um, first person who got to see her, really. I, well, thank you. I once saw on, um, you know, Martha Stewart time. on her old show used to have this uh, vet come on frequently who did these incredible th- sequences where he would have like a million different animals on this desk. And he would like, Martha would ask questions about them, but mm. he'd have like a parrot on his shoulder and bunnies and cats and puppies and lizards just all sort of crawling all over each other. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny because sometimes they'd like fall off the table or like, you know, <laughs> kind of like someone would like a kitty would like pat, like bat at a, at a 
like a chinchilla or something, you know, it was or like just an like, iguana. Uh huh. Yeah, it was crazy. But the, the vet was so like confident and calm. He was just sort yeah. of like, and he was like a real Staten Islandy kind of guy. He was like, uh, this is my, this is my bunny. You're going to love right. the bunny. And then, right. um, um, one day Martha, there was some really cute puppy that was being really needy with Martha. And it was like, you know, waggling its tail and like rubbing up against her. And she was like, I really hate obsequious dogs. <laughs> And and the vet was like, "What the frick is obsequious?" <laughs> oh, the connection with you and Martha is so surreal. I really wish you would have been with me the, at that like weird party that I went to with her. Um, she was so funny, and she does remind me of you. Mm, that's interesting. She's dry. She has a really dark sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she's she, tall. She's big boned. She's tall. <laughs> she's big boned, and she has a sense of being like, I know it all. Yeah, <laughs> Just, that's true. That's she really, really is a know it all. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Also, as you know, Sagittarius's mantra is "I see." And <laughs> I anyway, anyways, I see. <laughs> I see. Yeah, exactly. I see. Which is fascinating because the Aquarius mantra is I know. And basically we're saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, except yours is a little more aesthetic, you know, which Martha indeed is a little more aesthetic. And mine is a little more feelings. <laughs> well, I don't know what sign Martha Stewart is. Couldn't tell you. Sagittarius. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. I found out recently of a Sagittarius that I thought was so exciting to me that she was Sag was it I think it was Oprah oh but I can't remember well also Brittany well also Miley Cyrus also Christina Aguilera there seems to be a pattern here (laughs) I mean honey And what is crazy is that we didn't make that up. That's a true story. <laughs> this isn't a bit. This is not a bit about Sagittarius. This no, is real. Sagittarius is so is so real. Also, Sagittarius appears as like a call out in one of my favorite movies, of course, Sunset Boulevard, when Norma Desmond, uh, of, who of course is a Scorpio, says to the man she's trapped in her house, um, "What sign are you?" And he goes, uh, I don't know. And she goes, what month are you born? And he says, December. Oh, and she goes, Sagittarius. I like Sagittarius. You can trust them. You, you can trust them. <laughs> well, that's what she thinks. And I, when she said it, I thought, no, you can't. Um, <laughs> Sagittarius is absolutely going to do exactly what they want to do. So mm-hmm. if, if, if that works for trust for you, okay. Um, uh, anyhow, that's that's a deal. So now, Queen, do you leave for Australia tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow. I'm taking a 24-hour flight tomorrow. Yeah. I just printed out my negative COVID test, which is uh-huh. great. So uh-huh. now it's it's in my folder. I have a blue paper folder full of all kinds of paperwork, like mm. v- visas and travel exemptions and 
Um, yeah, still only ask you when you get to Australia. No one here will care. They'll be like, goodbye. Thanks for leaving America. Oh, com- absolutely. <laughs> but once I get there, I will be escorted by police to a, a van. Uh, that is, I hope they're so hot. That's what I hear, says says Pam Tanowitz. Oh, my God. I hope you have, like, a hot police moment. Because hopefully, like, the police are all, like, vaccinated and they're going to be like, we need to show you to your room and show you how to behave. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, okay. Um, anyway. That's my police it? fantasy into Australia. Um, are you excited to go? I am. I'm, like, I have, like, too many goals for myself in this two-week quarantine so i'm already disappointed in myself mm-hmm. um you know preemptively disappointed in what i will not accomplish <laughs> mm-hmm. you might you never know it's true it's true you might accomplish all that and more but i'm like bringing school work and work work and i'm bringing a mm-hmm. sketch pad and all kinds of exercise oh, you're just bands. gonna lay it down and watch movies i know <laughs> 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 I know. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, that's so anyway. good. <laughs> so, at any rate, I am. I'm. I'm leaving tomorrow night. I, I'm so I, jealous. You know, that's really why I got the dog. Was because you know that my favorite place in the world is Melbourne, and you're going there. And so I thought, hmm, I, know. I can't you let her get away with it. You're jealous. You're so jealous. I was so jealous that I thought, well, I'll just get a dog. (laughs) Well, it's fine. I don't want a dog. Um, (laughs) That's what you think. (laughs) That's what I know. That's that's what you tell yourself. Well, Um, I love a dog and maybe one day I'll feel like I really desire a dog, but it's not now. It's just not now. Um, Okay. Should we do our questions? Sure. Okay. So do you have... Do you have your Bobby question or do you remember it off the top of your head? Uh, Bobby, I will, um, I will get back to you. Bobby wrote me a personal email. And so <laughs> I will respond to that personal email. It's not really a question for the pod. Okay. Cause it's, it's more, it's, it's, uh, it's more monologue selections for Bobby. And I, um, I, I am absolutely fine doing that and we'll, we'll get them to him. Okay. Sorry, Bobby. I've, you know, I've been adopting a daughter. My a own co- Tina. <laughs> My uh-huh. own Christina Crawford. My no own meeting. daughter. I know. I really wish that I could have, like, held her at the top of the stairs with blue drapes behind me in a blue dress. But, alas. Oh, one day. We'll do a film of it when she's ready to be held or looked uh, at. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do think she likes it when I look at her, so I'm just, but I'm going to keep not doing it. Anyhow, go on. She'll be desperate for you to look at her in a few days. Desperate. <laughs> totally. Okay. Dear Jack and Reed, I'm a 33-year-old musician who has mm-hmm. always had an affinity for movement. Okay. Yet I've never had any formal dance training since I'm lucky to live in an area with a thriving dance community. Prior to COVID, I'd be at a dance show nearly every weekend. Needless to say, I'm really missing the dance scene so much, as I'm sure all dancers are, in ways I can't even imagine. I just want to say thank you so much for keeping the show going. Dance and Stuff has become my pseudo-COVID dance community. I look forward to every Friday release and feel like anyone else who listens and loves the show as much as I do as a future friend I just haven't met yet. Oh, that's nice. 
Anyways, I'm interested in taking some dance classes, especially now that classes from all over the world are offered virtually. I want to take advantage of being able to take class in the privacy of my own home without making a total jackass of myself in public. I know ballet is typically the starting point for most people's training, but I want to skip all that classicism and go straight for the uber cool Euro dance theater vibe. Uh oh. I know I I most likely couldn't have a big successful career, but I think joining a local group would be nice, and that's a realistic goal for me. What would be a good starting off point for someone like me? I also have insanely tight hamstrings that feel like old piano wires. Am I doomed? Okay, first of all, no, you're not doomed. Second of all, I know exactly my response to this. Oh, boy. Movement Research is oh. offering online classes um, uh, for, for your tight hamstrings. Might I suggest Barbara Mahler's Stretch and Placement? Um, and uh, KJ Holmes is teaching a course that looks really... Um, actually the deadline for that might be over, but there are, there are drop-ins. Look at movement research and read the descriptions of them and then just sign up, try them out. Um, Absolutely. I think that was a great way of avoiding, um, Euro contemporary dance altogether and just steering them towards something actually sophisticated. Yes. Um, actually progressive. Yeah. That um, actually has like idea that actually pairs to somatics and taking yeah. like actually learning into your body instead of just uh doing basically competition dance or if not competition Style. dance then just like doing um sort of indulgent improvisation uh towards competition well, dance not necessarily towards <laughs> no 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 but you know i think that certainly improvisation um uh-oh I'm still recording, but uh, my call with Jack seems somehow. to have ended Let's abruptly. Um, just as I was about to start dragging... Okay, Jack's back. Hello. Hello. I didn't stop recording. I just We're just going to have to keep not. going. We don't do that anymore. Um, I was just saying that I think improvisation can be really useful, but for a beginner, I think it's a great time to have something somewhat more structured and guided. And maybe... Uh some like European improv Gaga classes could be uh, a companion to whatever you're doing at movement research so that you really start to like move around and discover what your body wants and like get in touch with your desires as a mover. Well, and there's really interesting improvisation based uh, classes that are being available right now through MR. So of course, um, of course, but there'll be a structure around it again as, I, you know, briefly mentioned with somatics and a, a feeling through and, and, you know, they're offering Feldenkrais. I mean, there's so much available. So just check it out. Uh, in terms of when I think, when I say stretch and, with stretch and placement, Barbara Mahler, uh, also called the Mahler-Klein technique, um, uh, that and Feldenkrais, I would say, would be things to take to get your body more organized for uh, dance classes, whether they be more improvisatory or something more structured. Right. Because those classes aren't going to start setting you up towards like uh, being able to learn sequences of movement, right. um, which is tends to be a requirement in most sort of like performance dance groups. Mm -hmm. So you could also, if you don't, if you're, if you're feel intimidated by, phrase 
centric dance classes, you should take some aerobics classes online because it is the same. It exercises the same muscles and it's like generally less specific and very safe. Totally. Or, you know, you can play some of maybe your favorite music videos and just try to learn the choreo. Absolutely. That's also a good thing to do and productive. Mm -hmm. Um, Learn some TikToks. I I don't have TikTok, but that's what people Mm do. I had TikTok for two days and then uh, deleted it. Okay, next question. Okay. Okay, here we go. Dear Reed and Jack, I had some very dark experiences with a highly influential, internationally renowned choreographer and dance educator. This person is known and revered for developing and teaching... Oh, developing a teaching method that prides itself on promoting a fun and non-judgmental learning environment for professional dancers to train in. However, my experience working directly with them couldn't have been more the opposite. I experienced a dance teaching style similar to targeted bullying, which left me utterly disappointed, defeated, and demoralized. Wow. I, I know that countless dancers have experienced this before for generations even. Mm -hmm. And that was simply the way things used to be, however dysfunctional. I just had so much hope that dance was finally evolving, but was so totally crushed from this abusive experience. Mm -hmm. Is it just me or is this old school fear-based teaching philosophy so deeply and inextricably embedded in our dance culture that it's impossible to evolve past it no matter how woke or progressive one's methods claim to be? 2020 has finally helped brighten the spot light on white supremacy and dance while we are at it can we also try to fix these outdated dance teaching ways of the past very curious for your thoughts anonymous there you go of course do you want to start or do you want me to start you go ahead um i think that there will always be abusive people because there always have been And they may show up in corporate America. They may show up in the dance world. They may show up uh, at at any place of business. And I think it is this thing around um, uh, the, the pyramid in power and that the people at the tip of that pyramid, uh, what are their checks and balances? And, Also, if they were just always, if they got, if they were just successful with this behavior, what was, what was it that would have ever stopped them? And I think, unfortunately, um, when, for me, when I was a young actor, I would say the two, uh, two of the directors who I, I worked with a lot, uh, I realized uh, probably by like my mid twenties were abusive and that I'd been in an abusive scenario. And I just, what it made me want to do was to, to make my own work so that I could create a different place and to be around people who weren't like that. And, um, I, I think that if we're to think about systems of power and change, let's just stick with dance. So much has changed. If you think about the history of it. Um, uh, and I believe it will continue to do so. 
Um, I'm sorry that this happened to that person. I, I think the thing that's sort of more insidious in this one is when someone, uh, when an artist promotes that they're really uh, egalitarian and mm. uh, and are providing a space that's like a super collaborative, like um, uh, humane, loving, especially if it gets like loving, et cetera, blah, 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 and then ends up just being a cult leader. Mm. Um, it's like, I think always disturbing and what's great at least for this dancer i'm sorry that that happened to you and i'm glad you caught it because a lot of people don't because they um i mean look at this country look at what we allowed at a at a national level for years um and how many people wanted it how many people wanted that level of abuse um so kudos you for catching it and being like, no, I don't want to be part of this cult thing. And I also don't want to be abused and I don't want to be spoken to this way. And this doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I say, continue to think of how do we make uh, the other spaces, you know? And uh, as the old adage says, go where it's warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Um, I hate to, to like, um, I hate to speak down to dance right now. Are you still there? I'm listening. Um, because obviously, you know, I, I, I started really dancing in, in the late nineties and, um, it was a different time, even into certainly my, the beginning of my professional career and the practices of teachers and directors and rehearsal directors were not as <clears throat> scrutinized right. then as they are being now, which is good. Um, and I mean, I, I, I'm sure there's environments where they're not being scrutinized very much. Um, even still, but I, I I think we just have to keep hoping there will be better. And to 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 dancers who have ambition towards leadership, um, I think it's so important to to really not to really think beyond um, what's directly in front of you. So you can't just keep participating in being a dancer and expect that you're going to be an effective leader in dance. It doesn't Mm. work that way because Mm. dance itself has this long history of abuse and infantilization and um, placing, placing the best male dancers on an, on a kind of altar. Mm. So Mm. they've received a lot of privilege for, Mm -hmm. for essentially nothing. (laughs) Uh huh. I mean, that's true. I mean, I I am just laughing at like the, when you call it, you call it girl. And I fucking love it. Right. And right now, you know, the ballet world is still largely the vestiges of that kind of tradition of just sort of holding up famous male dancers Mm -hmm. and then, and then placing them in positions of power, mm-hmm. totally unqualified, 
mm. only only qualified by their experience having danced on stage, mm-hmm. which which is meaningless in terms mm-hmm. of managing people, dealing with feelings, curating seasons. I mean, the amount of power that's been handed to these people over many, many decades is unbelievable to me. Mm-hmm. And people wonder, like, why why ballet is under study or why dance in general has not been um, studied and brought into various institutions in the same way that other art forms have. Well, this is why. Because ballet, unfortunately, sits at the top of the dance hierarchy and is run by people who are no more qualified than any other dancer you've ever met. So... I think that's so important to underscore uh, that I'm sorry to like to and really underline that like ballet sits at the top and you can you can try and twist any which way you want against that. It just simply does in terms of uh, Western concert dance. Right. Um, And 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 we have examples, you know, we have examples of time like other organizations and other structures that work well and have been managed and led by people with more education, more experience, like a a greater depth of curiosity, et cetera. Right. Right. But that is hopefully becoming more common in the universe of ballet. But even today we see people being hired into positions of powers where that is absolutely untrue. Right. So we hope for change and we continue and i think as things do get better it will become more you know the the injustices will become more glaring and you know we're in a time right now where all of these older men who who are sort of the descendants of balanchine or the descendants of of a career at american ballet theater are starting to finish you know their their time which is good. And it, and it means that um, hopefully there'll be, I don't even know what the question was anymore, but well, it was, the question was about a choreographer who this person um, felt very misled by because this choreographer said that they had a, I think, and this choreographer probably used language of how non ballet world they were or how, how like, and perhaps they even said they're anti-institutional only to be incredibly, um, fascist themselves and right. so therefore institutional and uh, yeah I think again it's and this is always the the issue though when it comes to uh working with uh, a choreographer is is I think well what are what are this sort of what are they making I mean when I think of what Martha Graham and when I think of behavior that Martha Graham had that is well known that is abusive um, it was also a very different time and, uh, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. Um, I could talk for a really long time about Martha Graham. I, it would go on and on and on and on and on, <laughs> uh, because it's so complicated and I can't, I'm not interested in taking the person out when we're talking about the art that was also made. And, um, so I think it's this thing of the question was, you know, do we think this will change? It is changing. So A yeah. of all that, it is yeah. changing. But I think it's helpful for people to understand uh, 
the position and where it comes from and where, and indeed the importance of where ballet sits. It's very, it's as like a, this, there's just this Titan, this, right. uh, at the, at the top of in Western concert dance, whether you like that thought or not. Yeah. But you know, there, there's a movement towards like greater accountability for, for, mm-hmm better practices mm-hmm. culturally, socially, racially in, in these yeah. environments. So, you know, hopefully it'll be, I mean, my God, <laughs> when I was in ballet companies, there was none. Like when I old, was an actor, the things that were said to me, Oh my it's God. Outrageous. Oh my God. Those people would be canceled so fast. They'd be gone. I know. And, and I, I just remember like, being really helpless at times because like, you know, in, when I would be in a meeting to discuss something official, like, um, like a, a, a mid-year conference with the director, it would be recorded because it was unionized, uh-huh. you know, right. but that didn't mean that at any other moment, the director could call you in or pull you aside and say something totally insane to you and totally. like incredibly manipulative and have yeah. no accountability. So, yeah. um, Hopefully, hopefully there's some shift. I also think what's interesting in this question and what's helpful to note is that like sometimes the abuse doesn't always come from where you think it's going to come from. Yeah. And so I think that that is always something that is important to keep in mind is it's, I think that there's been a polarization that's happened that's made the conversation a little didactic and it needs to be focused on um, the individual, what, uh-huh. you know, and sometimes when you meet someone and you, all of a sudden you realize they're awful and you're like, what happened to them? Well, mm-hmm. something did. Yeah. So, and if they're not doing yeah. anything to address that in their personal life, they will act that out on you. Totally. Period. Okay. Um, we okay. have time for one more question. Wow. We really, really divert. We really went somewhere with that question somewhere. I hope that was helpful in some way. Um, okay. The last question. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's from one of our favorite people in the world. This question comes from Emily Modrel uh, via Jane. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I know. I can't okay. wait. Jane, who is four and a half. Can you believe she's four and a half now? Question from Jane. She, she asks or says... Uh. Do you like to use soap when you wash your head? I don't. Do I like to use soap when I wash my head? Um, no, I don't like to use soap when I wash my head. I do like to use soap when I wash my head because I love how kind of like, I love how my hair feels really transformed afterwards, like really, really washed, like squeaky, you know? And does it look good? Not necessarily. Sometimes it looks really dry and bushly after I put soap bushly. on my bushly after I put soap on my head. Mm-hmm. But um, depending on the soap, you know. You so can, I guess can, what I want to say is I do like this shampoo I use um, that is for it's called Sorexema. Um, so it's for if you have psoriasis or eczema, and it's by Derma E. Honestly, the fact that I like say any products on this. Without having like <laughs> sent me a full like five year supply, 
Um, I do like using that shampoo and their conditioner. I just, I have the kind of hair that, you know, it's, it's a real, it's a, she's a curly dry mix. So it's not great to wash frequently. And I really understand. And I remember being four and a half and not liking that to go on my head because I didn't like it if it would get in my eyes. Oh, well, I'm guessing Jane has a tears-free head soap. (laughs) Well, that didn't matter. I still just didn't like it, you know? Yeah. But I love Jane's hair. It is so tremendous. Angel's Floss. Angel's Floss. Absolutely. Angel's Floss. I mean, I used Johnson & Johnson baby shampoo well through high school. That is incredible, Reed. Yeah. That's really a lot. You know, time and puberty have changed my hair. What kind of shampoo do you use now? Uh, I'm using um, like something with tea tree oil from Trader Joe's because I am prone to dandruff. Yes, the dandruff mix. So I do find this Derma-E helps cover that. That's nice. You know. Um, Um, And I do... I don't like washing it every day. I do love that time. Like, especially this is somewhere in the summer. In the summer, you've been out, you've been in the city, and you feel like you're literally coated in, like, five layers of trash. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're covered in people's spit and, like, broken bottle glass and, like, old diapers. Gum. And you come, gum for sure. You're covered in gum. And you come home... And you, like, take a shower, and I love washing my hair on a day like that. Oh, heaven. That is when a real, like, it just feels um, like in A Star is Born with Judy Garland. And uh, she's having just, she's having a bad day, so she washes her hair. And, I wonder um, how long Jane's hair is right now. I don't know, but let me tell our listeners something. Your hair, Reed is so gorgeous. It is so, every time we FaceTime, I am so stunned at how intensely gorgeous and beautiful your hair is. It is like the most beautiful ringlet wave prints from Magic Kingdom hair. Really nice. I think it might be to do with being on camera. I wonder if you like got the full 3D effect, if you would be as um, impressed. I think it comes from drinking your juice and putting collagen powder in it. It's true. My nails have been growing so fast. It's annoying. Oh, well, it's good. It's good to have long nails. You know, you never never know when you're going to need them. I chopped them off last night. I bet you did. I did. I did. Anyways, Um, um... any, I will speak to you next time, our listeners from Australia. From the land down under. You'll be throwing another shrimp on the barbeck. <laughs> <laughs> I won't stand for it. Um, um, no, no, uh, no, I'm no. not going to dare it. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I saw some, like, joke about, it was like Nicole Kidman on like a package of Oreos and it was, it said Norios. <laughs> <laughs> Gorgeous. Um, Gorgeous. Oh, okay. wow. wow. Well, we really... have another, there you go. And, there um, Reed, I hope you have we such really, a tremendous flight. We nailed it this week. Just yeah. coming in at just under an hour. It's beautiful. Yeah. I hope you have a wonderful flight. I hope you have the best dreams. Take some of those pills with you. 
and I'll talk to you when you're in Melbourne, my favorite city in the world. Uh, Anyone you talk to, ask if I can work there somehow. Like, just be like, could Jack Ferber work and live here somehow? Anybody, I don't care. I'll wear a I'll wear a card or one of those like sandwich boards that just says hire Jack. Yeah, get a just get a T-shirt that has my website on it and said please hire, and then just walk around with my uh, website. On it. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, we loves you. Please send in questions. Send in questions to our email or go to the website or our Instagram as well. Okay, bye. We love you. Hi, Dance and Stuff listeners. This is Margaret Fuhrer. I'm the editor and producer of the Dance Edit podcast. Like you, we love Reed and Jack over at the Dance Edit. And if you get especially excited when they turn into journalists and do reporting, we think you might like our podcast too. The Dance Edit podcast is a weekly dance news show. It's hosted by me and three other editors from Dance Media. We work on Dance Magazine and Dance Spirit and Point. And every Thursday, we discuss and sometimes yell a little bit about the week's top dance news stories. And then we interview one of the dance artists who's shaping the news. And our recent interview guests have actually included a few dance and stuff friends. We've had Kyle Abraham, we've had Lloyd Knight. Basically, we've built a nice little nerdy community, and we hope you'll join it. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and at thedanceedit.com slash podcast.